Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and three things up for review this week. First, there's the stop motion slash live action hybrid film Mad God. Then there's the limited series Angeline, and finally the third season of The Umbrella Academy. First up is a film called Mad God, and this is from Phil Tippett, who wrote and directed it. And also, if you're not familiar, Phil Tippett is probably one of the more influential animators, particularly stop-motion animators of all time, you know, short of Ray Harryhausen. Phil Tippett is the reason that the dinosaurs in the original Jurassic Park look amazing. He's the dinosaur supervisor. You had one job, Phil. And, you know, he started a studio in Berkeley, and they do really amazing work. And this film has been a passion project. It's been in production for 30 years. I've been hearing about it since as long as I've been involved in animation, not 30 years, but you know, I, I had been hearing rumblings about this film for a very long time, had a Kickstarter, blah, 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 all this stuff. So finally, it is out. It's out on Shudder, which is a horror streaming service, and I will caveat, I am not a horror person, so this is already inherently probably not for me, but watching this movie made me feel sick to my stomach, and I feel like, I'm pretty sure it was intentional. Also, I don't think this qualifies as a, I don't know, it's very, it's hard to analyze or critique this film in many senses. Like, the technical artistry is undeniably there. Some of the things that he accomplishes in stop motion, it's just very impressive, you know, especially if you're familiar with how challenging it is to do some of this stuff, like, the old school way. You go, wow, Phil's got it still, and Phil and his team have got it still. Great, no questions asked there. But should this have been a feature film? Is there even a story in this movie? I don't think so. You know, it's definitely, it's, it's a bunch of really gross scenes strung together. And I almost feel like it would have been better if it had been released as a bunch of shorts, just really gross shorts that all take place in this mad world. In the beginning, there is sort of maybe a plot line involving some masked dude who shows up and has a mission. But then it's just, it, it devolves into showing off grotesque for grotesque's sake. And, you know, animation is... A medium it's always still filmmaking and so you can have different like it's not just child-friendly blah 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 like Disney cartoons <laughs> but sometimes I feel like he's just doing this because he knows he can and he can get away with it because he's filtered like if this film had not had his name on it I think people would have ripped it to shreds I think that there will definitely there is and will be a subset of people who are like this yes this is my jam and I'm so happy for you that this film exists for you but for the rest of us who don't like super grotesque, gnarly, uh, bodily function involved, it's, oh, just thinking about it is making me feel slightly queasy again. I, I mean, I guess, again, you have to go, okay, well, it's well done in that it accomplishes its goal of making me feel sick. I think that's its goal. But then you have to go, if that's the goal of a movie, like, what what is going on? It's not even, like, body horror in the way that something like uh, Crimes of the Future or, or The Fly or whatever, you know, basically anything from Cronenberg's filmography. It's not that. It's just, uh, I anyway, uh, it's less than an hour and a half long, which is probably the best thing going for it. But I don't, I can't in good conscience recommend it. If you see the trailer or the bits for it and you're like, ooh, this looks like it's for me, that's great. It's probably for you because it's exactly what it delivers and I probably should have known that going into it. But... For everybody else who was maybe morbidly curious or on the fence or was like, oh, Phil Tippett's, you know, an animation legend, blah, blah, blah. I, no. <laughs> Just no. That's it. It's going to be a no. I, again, because it doesn't really have a story or character development or any of the things that you traditionally consider uh, that go into a film as opposed to maybe like an experimental art piece, 
I, I, as an experimental art piece, I suppose it would succeed. So I personally am only going to give this two and a half out of five. That high of a rating is only because of the successful artistry, unfortunately successful artistry, and just you know respect, I guess, for his skills. But uh, a writing writer director is not. It does not seem like his strong suit. So two and a half out of five for Mad God for me. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. The next thing I have this week is not a new release, but it is something that I just had stumbled upon. It's called Angeline. And I had actually been hearing about who it is based on about a couple weeks before I saw the trailer or whatever it was that I was like, oh yeah, I should actually watch this show. So if you aren't familiar... Angeline is supposedly the first person who was famous just for being famous. She was based in LA. She had all these billboards up in the city. And I had been told a story by uh, some friends who, that that they'd met her. And I don't know if I should be sharing this, but whatever. Uh, that she had tried to like hire them to do work, but wanted to pay them in her merch. Obviously, they didn't do it, but uh, this is her story, and I, you know, she's a very uh, modified-looking person. So then it turned out that uh, Peacock made a limited series about her, and so I ended up watching it. It stars Emmy Rossum, who normally not a huge fan of. I'm not, like, against her, if that makes sense, but I just am not like, ah, yes, Emmy Rossum, can't wait to see her in a project. It's also got Martin Freeman, Alex Karpovsky, and Hamish Linklater, and, you know, I feel like they do a good job of capturing what I'd imagine Angeline is like and just sort of the the drive she had for fame and stardom and not necessarily have any skills. She just, I mean, her skills are that she was able to market herself, but, you know, that she just wanted to be famous. Like, that was the goal. It's not that I want to be, she doesn't want to be an actor or a singer necessarily or whatever. She just wants to be known as Angeline. So there's, you know, there's a voice. She does a voice but I feel like it's actually very believable. At one point, I was like, is this dubbed? Or did Emmy Rossum actually do this voice? I guess she did the voice. You know, it's it's very weird. There's also, they jump back and forth in time to modern day or present day, so all the characters are slightly older. And then, you know, telling the story of her sort of height and rise of fame in the 80s. But I think, uh, you know, the, the aging makeup is decent, but there are times when I'm just like, oh, no, you are, you're trying, but there are just like little details that are off in terms of, you know, it's hard to age somebody digitally or prosthetically. So anyway, it was an interesting story about a character slash person who I didn't know a ton about and had just randomly in- been introduced to. I didn't grow up in LA, and I guess it's like she's, she was a very hyper-local <laughs> famous person and then achieved a slightly larger radius of fame. But it was just an interesting story that I hadn't heard before. I thought it was like, it was self-contained. There are some creative creative surreal moments and uh, in contrast to mad god i feel like these surreal moments worked well they didn't make me sick so that's you know that's a win there it's only five episodes long it's on peacock i think it's worth checking out and then the last thing i have is the new season of the umbrella academy and this is another one of those netflix shows where it starts out really strong and i feel like they just lose the momentum as they go along you know same goes for stranger things where I could not even get into the whatever the current season is. I, you know, I'm not invested. Umbrella Academy is actually a show I think I liked better than Stranger Things. It's about a group of siblings with superpowers. Uh, uh, by siblings, I mean they are all adopted. They all have superpowers. They, you know, each of them has different things, and they're constantly in peril or trying to save the world or whatever it may be. And there's time travel. It's all there's all these things, but. At this point, this is also probably a byproduct of things coming out in batches and then you binge them and then you just completely forget in the years that pass between seasons. So I'd completely forgotten what had happened in the last two seasons and this is season three. So that's 
kind of tough, you know, but also just what they expect you to remember going into the new season is challenging in and of itself. And then the characters, the dynamic is starting to get a little fraught. And I'm just like, okay, this new season does introduce like a new group of characters to help try to alleviate that. But I don't know if it's fully successful. But I still think it's a decent show. I just wish that this season was as captivating as the previous two had been. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing. 